curveball that you weren't sure what to do with? You know, the kind where you think someone should really do something about this. Have you ever thought maybe that someone is me and then found yourself on a grand adventure you never saw coming? Me too. As a special needs mom, I have been saddened by what's available to my son. But instead of wallowing in it, I decided to do something about it. Along the way, I'm meeting extraordinary people and having the most wonderful experiences I never thought I'd have. I'm so inspired by what's happening around me that I want to share it all with you. Living Your Legacy is a community where ordinary people who've been called to create something bigger than themselves can come together to be inspired, connect, learn, and live into the legacies they want to see in the world. I'm your host, Michelle Slaney Travato, and this is the Living Your Legacy podcast. Well, hello, everybody. Michelle Slaney Travato here. So excited to welcome you back to another episode of the Living Your Legacy podcast. One of the things that I'm discovering as I'm going through the process of developing my own legacy for my own family is that there's so many aspects of legacy building that need to be explored. There are so many different ways and different perspectives to come at and solve problems that it's really neat to do to look at all that and to also really think about who can support us as we're trying to do that. Because anybody who's a legacy maker knows we don't do it all by ourselves. We need help and support to get us to where we need to go. We need to tap into the genius of other people to be able to create more of our own genius to achieve the goals we want to set. And today I've got a really interesting woman on the call for us. She is going to be talking to us about some things that I don't actually even really know what they are and how that can help. So I'd like to take a moment to introduce you to my friend, Jessen. Vilmer. Now, I don't say your name completely properly, Jazz, but would you please pronounce it in your lovely French-Canadian accent? Yes. And I'll give you the tip that my husband, because my husband is Anglophone, and the way that he remembered my name, because our first date, he called me Justin. I said, who's Justin? That's you. Um, no. <laughs> so... <laughs> and he made it to a second date? That's wow. I don't know why. 30 years later... <laughs> So his tip, though, is, well, you have to think of New Orleans. Said, New Orleans? How so? Said, well, New Orleans, they have the saints and they love jazz. So jazz saint. <laughs> so that is a cool tip. <laughs> so oh. jazz saint Vilmar is how you say it in French. Isn't that beautiful? I love that. So let me tell you guys a little bit about my friend Jazz, because she's pretty awesome. And what she does is really neat. Um, and that's why, of course, I wanted to have her on the show. So Jazz is an energy therapist, a moonologger, which I actually had to ask her what how to say that. So it tells you how much I knew about that one. Moonologer. <laughs> See, look, I said it wrong again. And a chakra dance facilitator. So let me tell you a little bit more about that. Jazz used to work for the federal government of Canada and was deep in the belly of the beast, creating policies, communication plans, and training strategies. She also said that she felt like she was dying while she was there. From her cubicle, she had a front row seat to too many people living like zombies. I guess that would include you too, Jazz, mm -hmm. and sacrificing their life to the detriment of their happiness and their health. Now, that's awful. We all know people who do that. Maybe we are them. Believing that feeling fully energized and alive is better than living like a zombie. Jazz quit her career to pursue her true passion, holistic healing. As an energy therapist, she works with women around the globe to redefine their criteria of success. And that's so important. We're going to dig into that a little bit. Embrace their unique definition of a life well-lived, also amazing, and manifest their most amazing life. And of course, that's going to be different for each and every individual. Absolutely. Jazz is now discovering life as an empty nester as well. She loves to walk along the St. Lawrence River with her beautiful little dog, Luna, who may or may not make an appearance today. She indulges in reading, learning, and great food, including 
dark chocolate, which she believes pairs very well with a glass of Cabernet Franc. Mm. She enjoys adventure travel and making new discoveries. Welcome to the call, Jazz. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for inviting me. So, Jazz, let's start by talking about this, this transition. You did all the things that people are told to do. You went to school, you got the job. And working for the federal government is a good job. You know, you've got benefits, you've got a pension plan, you got all those things discovered. You said about a decade in that it wasn't for you and decided to go a whole different route. So what was that like? What was it like for you being in your cubicle and what led you to where you are now? Hmm, it's quite the journey, quite the inner journey. So I always knew that there was more to life than what I was taught. And I grew up French Catholic, and that's a very tight-knit community because we're, um, we're minorities, right? Most of Canada being English. So when you're in a French Catholic community, you just stick together and everybody who's on this community is a devil. And everything that is not, uh, and, and then I went and married an English guy just because I'm a rebel. <laughs> Indeed you are. <laughs> But there were so many things that were happening to me in my household that could not be explained by, you know, the box. So I always went outside the box and I grew up before Google. So I was in the library hiding in the special aisles, reading about ghosts, reading about mythology, reading about other philosophies, other religions. So I always knew there was more. But the good girl in me still wanted to do what I was supposed to do. It's always head first. And so you know, before the 2000s, I said, well, by the year 2000, you know, I'm going to be 24. So I'm going to be married. I'm going to have two kids. I'm going to have, and all my life was laid out for me. Mm -hmm. None of that happened. So then it's like, well, then what? Like, who am I then? If, mm -hmm. if not that, then what? And am I really good? And, and if I can't get to my goals, what other goals do I want? Because mm -hmm. I was supposed to have this and that and do this and do that. And none of that happened because life happened mm -hmm. to, you know, reinvent or rethink everything. And working for the federal government was um, another big, big box. Like you said, the mm -hmm. benefits are there. Awesome salary, which I miss my paycheck every other Wednesday. <laughs> it was just stable. Uh -huh. um, but I was dead inside. I really was. And borderline suicidal because my big, my biggest question was, is this it? Right. Like, is this all there is to life? You just hurry up and do this, hurry up and do that. Talk about how wide your Excel spreadsheet is supposed to be. And <laughs> I want depth. I want, I want the real thing. I was just so hungry for life. Mm -hmm. And it was just snuffed out of me. And when I had conversations with my supervisors and you know, they say, what do you want in three years? What do you want in five years? I said, well, I really like to develop into this and maybe do more of, um, there was like an employee assistance program and, and do more things because I was always that helper. I said, no, you can't. You need to know more of the strategy. So, you know, they said, what do you want to do? I said, I'd like to do this. No, you need to do that and that and that. And then after a while, I, I just had enough of other people telling me who I should be. Mm -hmm. I thought it was time for me to rediscover who I wanted to be. Mm, that's so powerful. And so many people feel a lot of that, right? They mm -hmm. follow a plan that they has either been laid out for them or they think they should do, but it doesn't bring them the joy and the fulfillment that they hoped it would. Uh, so I am certainly grateful that you decided to choose a different path because that is how our paths intersected. So tell us a little bit now about those things that you do. What is an energy therapist, a moonologer, and a chakra dance facilitator? What are those things? Oh, they're so beautiful. I have so much love for these tools that I have. So Chakra dance is one of the first things that I discovered when I left the federal government because I, I'm, I'm an overthinker. I'm a recovering perfectionist. I'm in my <laughs> head a lot. Mm -hmm. And in the government, it was all about developing the strategy. So a lot of mental energy with chakra dance, 
there are some guided meditations that you do and you meditate and you actually move your body. So you can't stay in your head all the time thinking about the grocery list or what's next to do, or mm -hmm. am I doing this right? Am I meditating right? Maybe I shouldn't meditate this way. Maybe I should meditate that way. And then you just don't meditate at all. Right. So with, <laughs> with chakra dancers, loud music that resonates with all of your chakra system, which are mm. energy centers in the body. So as you receive the vibes, because the music is loud, so you actually feel it physically. So I'm not talking about just like the woo-woo vibes, but you actually feel the vibrations of the music and you move your body and you allow your body to tell you um, where there's stress accumulated in your body and what is the story behind that stress. So you really get out, you drop out of that thinking mind into your feeling mind and into your heart. And that was my way to really heal from, from all the trauma of not being in my path before mm -hmm. and to find so many, when you're in this space, there miracles happen and they're little things. The first thing when I, when I quit the government was, oh, I feel that there's an office space that's going to be open for me. And I didn't know what it was. And I went for a walk with my dog. And right there at the street corner in my village, there was a space I had just come up for rent that was perfect to start hmm. and launch my business 10 years ago. So it's all like little things. Sometimes we think of miracles, like, like mm, the big, big things, but it's all those little synchronicities that make your life a lot easier. So that's what chakra dance is for me. Drop down from the thinking mind mm -hmm. and open yourself up to those synchronicities that make life a miracle. Wow. That's beautiful. So what is an energy therapist? The energy therapist for me is that, that capacity to use all of the different energy tools, because I'm sure you've heard of a lot. Most people have heard of chakra alignment, Reiki therapy. So you take all of those therapies um, to, to help the other, the other person, to help others modulate the energies within their body. So the, the concept is that we realize that we are not just physical beings. Mm. We emit energy all the time. If anybody has ever had an electroencephalogram, electrocardiograms, you know that you're an electrical person. <laughs> the heart emits energy. All your organs emit energy. And that's where the chakras, chakras are. So when you're sensitive to energy like I am, just by placing my hand over a person or even through Zoom, I can tap into somebody's energy and know when something's a little bit off. And then I use my tools and I make it right. Oh, I love that. And you know, that's true. Um, sometimes you, you know, say you're standing in the line at a coffee shop and somebody walks in and they're bristling with negativity. You just sense it the second they walk in the door. Mm, stay out of the way of that one. Right. Yep. Alternatively, if somebody is genuinely joyful, we know how to sense that too. So that must be some of that energy stuff. Hey, it is when you walk into a room and, and you say, Oh, I'm not too sure what happened here, but it just, it feels like the heebie jeebies. It's like, mm, I feel like I have like spider webs on me. There's probably been a fight in that room before and you don't know it, but there's the energy is still there. Interesting. All right. So what is a moonologer? Did I say it right this time? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Moonology is, is phenomenal. So this is a methodology that's been developed by Yasmin Bolin. And it combines the moon, where the moon is, and the zodiac, so some astrology. The biggest gift that moonology is for me is that it helps, guides me and my clients in an easier flow of life. So mm. that you don't try to do everything all at once, but you focus on one area at a time. And, you know, sometimes in business or in life, there are some months where everything flows and are easy mm -hmm. and some other months it's like, oh my God, nothing works. When, you know, monology and you look at your life through that lens, you see, oh, well, everything was difficult because the moon was in my 12th house or I was supposed to do more meditation this month and less action. Sometimes you're meant to do more action. So when you know in advance where your energy is going to be, because especially as women, 
we manifest through our emotions, mm. manifest through our energies. So again, it's dropping out from the thinking mind. It's not so much about the strategy, but it's doing the right thing at the right time. So everything falls into place and you stop fighting with energy and you just start embracing what is. Oh, those are some really very beautiful things. Um, I wanted to just dig deeper a little bit um, about some of the things that uh, you suggested uh, when everybody who comes on my show has to fill out a questionnaire. And one of the questions that I ask people is about their zone of genius. What are you really, really great at? And I'd like to just read for you what Jazz's answers were and then pick that apart a little bit, dig deeper in there. So Jazz, I asked about what legacy you're living into. What have you become an expert at? What's your zone of genius? And here's her answers. Honoring one's quirky rebel self to live life fully, joyfully, and without apology. Love that. Then she said, I'm a genius at asking thought-provoking questions that rock the status quo. My clients see themselves in a different light, get unstuck, gain confidence, and start living their amazing life on their own terms. And I love that too. I can also attest to that. So I'm going to tell a little story here. Um, and it has to do with perspective shifting. And a lot of what you've been talking about is about shifting your perspective from being in your head to in your heart, in your body, it really in your life to sort of see what's going on around you through a different lens. And my story has to do with uh, meditation. I think I tell this one all the time. Jess is going to be sick one of these days for <laughs> hearing me tell it. But it was such a profound moment. And it was something so simple that made such a big shift for me, which honestly is often the way in life, right? That it's a simple little thing that all of a sudden shifts up a whole bunch of things. Because like a brick wall, if you pull out or move one brick, everything else adjusts either for the better or the worse. Um, so in my mind, I had heard people talking about meditation and I love yoga, love the feeling of being centered after doing yoga. Don't have a lot of time for it. And certainly with um, being a special needs parent. And then my son recently in the last few years, having major surgeries and COVID and all that stuff that just went out the window. And then, you know, you hear about things like the morning miracle. People talk about your morning practice where you get up and you journal or write your gratitudes and they're all great. Don't get me wrong. They're amazing. Or sit down and meditate for five, 15, 20 minutes. Now, the mornings in my house are the most chaotic time, particularly on school days. And those of you moms out there know exactly what I'm talking about. I have two very different kids, one who loves school, like literally is pulling at your plate saying, are you done? Are you done? Are you done? Because he can't wait to go. And one who would prefer to be on holidays for the rest of his life. So he is moving pretty slow. So I'm trying to juggle all this, calm one down, get the other one encouraged. Like, there's no way I'll be able to sit down and write gratitudes. I am grateful my children didn't kill each other is probably what I would write. Um, I am grateful that, um, oh, I have to go. Like, that would be it. Or to sit quietly for 20 minutes, my children would be like, what is wrong with you, mom? So that wasn't working for me, but it's the only thing I'd heard of as a version of meditation. And I had Jazz do my astrology chart and she sent me some amazing looking documents that I had zero idea of what I was looking at. <laughs> I really hope she's going to explain this because I don't know what all this is. And there were pictures and like a circle and it looked like a pie been all cut up and, and there were symbols on it I didn't recognize. And I thought, this looks really amazing. I wonder what it's all about. And then we sat down and had a conversation. And that was one of the things that Jazz suggested is that I need to to find a way to do some more meditation. And I immediately was like, oh, like seriously, this morning stuff doesn't work for me. And I don't, I don't know how this is all going to work. And here's the question she asked me was, is there something that you do that you make time to do that takes you out of your head and into your body? And it stopped me in my tracks. And I thought, yeah, I'd love to sew. I'm a quilter. I, I, love and so support people who make clothes, but there are so many twists and turns in making clothes that I just, I can't get my head around it. I like to just push the material through the machine relatively, relatively straight. Um, and I say that because I don't know if I've ever actually sewn a straight line, but I love it. 
and I make scrap quilts to donate. And I, when I sit down at my sewing machine, that's all I'm thinking about is putting the pieces of fabric together, pushing them through the machine, then pressing them, opening them up, sewing them together again to create this beautiful uh, quilt. And Jazz pointed out to me that, in fact, that's my version of meditation, that when I'm sitting there and I'm sewing, my body is relaxed. I am just into what's happening in my fingers. I'm just looking at color choices or which pattern goes with which one. Or mm, I don't know why I picked that one. Take that one out and we'll put a different one in. And it's very simple. It's very joyful. It's very peaceful for me. And that this is a version of meditation that I should really try to make sure that I get into my life as often as possible. Doesn't sound like a really big deal, except it's become a really big deal for me that I do actually really focus on making sure that I have time in my week. I don't get it every day, but that I make time in my week to sit down at my sewing machine. Um, and I spend some time doing that because that allows me to get recentered inside my own life, in my own house, with my kids and all the craziness going on around me. And that that was a version of meditation that really works for me. And what a difference it's made since I started doing that. Now, out of everything Jazz told me, that was one tiny little piece, but it made such a big difference that I talk about it all the time. <laughs> that my meditation looks different than what I thought meditation had to be. And I would imagine, Jazz, that you've got lots of stories like that where people take one little piece out of what you tell them and it shifts a whole lot of things for them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's often those little things, like you mentioned. It's it's not, it's not sometimes that people think that they're going to receive intuitive guidance or insight, or you know, they come for their astrology chart. And it's like, you know, a big thunderous voice and the clouds open and there's a booming voice of God talking through the windows, talking, talking through the clouds. It's not like that. Mm -hmm. True intuitive guidance in my books is very succinct. It's one little thing and it's actionable and it helps make your life better. Mm -hmm. And we don't see it ourselves because we're in the thick of it. Absolutely. So we often need that other perspective for us to realize what we're going through or what a solution can be, because we cannot see the solution when we're in that muck ourselves. Oh, for sure. You're absolutely right. Um, I love that. And once once that shift happened for me, um, it was really incredible. And again, I don't sew for hours at a time as a general rule. It might be 20 minutes here, 10 minutes there, 30 minutes here. But that time allows me to get out of my head. And like you said, my grocery list, all the to-dos that I've got to do. And that's when I find the best ideas flow in. They just kind of yes. happen. To just, they just show up while I'm sewing. I'm like, oh, I need to do that. That sounds amazing. <laughs> or oh, that's the solution to this problem that I've been grappling with for a while. And it's so much fun now that I actually keep a pad of paper and a pen there so that I can write with it. And in fact, I've named my sewing machine. Her name is Grace because nice. that's where I get the grace and space to be able to take some time out, reset and refocus. So I, I don't think I even told you that yet. Um, so <laughs> she's new, my new, my new machine. I love Grace. She's sweet. I love that. Um, and so, again, it's just about taking those little pieces. And of course, that's so important for people. So, Jazz, I wanted to ask you, if people are trying to create these legacies for themselves, they're trying to build something bigger than themselves. What are some tips or some strategies that you can give people to help them create some of those shifts within their own thinking and their own lives? Mm -hmm. Um. Be true to yourself is a main thing because too often we have that plan, but who put that plan together? Is it really us? Especially if it's a plan that we put together when we're younger mm -hmm. and we're still very much under the influence of mom or dad or our teacher, or this is what should be okay. This is what should be success. Mm -hmm. But later on in life, you just realize that that's not your idea of success. It's someone else's idea of success. 
So be true to yourself and reassess often because you change, you shift. I'm not the same person today than I was before I had a miscarriage. I'm not the same person today before I had my son, right? We change. Um, And I'm not the same person today than I was before COVID. Mm -hmm. So we need to reassess often. We have to be open for that. So if you have a 10-year plan, and if you have a lot of Capricorn or Virgo in your chart, you might have a very long 10 or 20-year plan. But reassess often because Mm -hmm. make sure that it still brings you joy if your legacy or your plan does not light you up anymore it's okay to let it go and once you choose that it's okay to let it go give yourself that grace and space because you're going to go through a bit of a grieving process Mm -hmm. you're going to question yourself who you are and what to do next it's going to feel like grief and you need to acknowledge that. So um, one thing that I love to do with a lot of my clients is going through those processes and just realize that you're part of nature. You're a human being, not a human doing. And if you look at nature, there are seasons. There are ups and downs. There are seasons where everything grows and is perfect. And there are seasons like winter where nothing grows and nothing happens. So it's important to realize which season of life you're in, whether that season is a day or a month or two years, and and do what's right according to that season, according to that energy. And only then you'll have the energy to move to the next season. That's beautiful. Um, And I wanted to just dive a little deeper into the definition of success. Mm -hmm. That is something that I think people should be talking about more. Success has been defined for us through the media, through our families, through our cultures, often as finances, being financially successful, having the house or the car, Mm -hmm. right? Having the life. Um, And people strive so hard to achieve that um, and put themselves into debt and um, all kinds of terrible things to achieve it. But let's talk a little about redefining success. Mm-hmm. How, how could people define success? And then how can they go through the process to redefine it? Yeah, it's, it feels complicated and super simple at the same time. It's one of those things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, the key question is, what really makes you happy? And there's a whole process that you can do that like just pretend for a moment, take a nice deep breath all the way down to your belly. And imagine that you're at the end of your life. You're maybe on on a bed or maybe you're sitting outside, but this is the last day of your life. What are you the most proud of? Hmm. Is it the number in your bank account? Probably not. So what are you the most proud of? And once you have that realization, then you rebuild your idea of success around that. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is that's very profound. It gave me chills thinking mm-hmm. about that. Because um, so many people have regrets as they get older, as they you know age, or suddenly cannot do things, or realize that life is indeed very brief, um, and is. maybe their time in this planet is coming to an end. Um, And they have a lot of regrets. Often it is, I regret spending more time at work than with my family. I regret not spending more time with my children. I regret not taking that holiday. It can also be, I regret not following that dream. Thank you for being a part of the Living Your Legacy podcast community in 2022. We can honestly say 2023 is going to be an exciting year. We've got some new things going on that we'd like to share with you. The Living Your Legacy podcast is now offering advertising spots. We found many entrepreneurs spent lots of money on advertising last year, only to find that they weren't falling in front of their ideal audience. We'd love to help you get your message out. Let's discuss this. Click the link in the show notes to book a time to chat and see if this could be a good fit for you. When we talk about legacy, it is about 
creating the dream and living into it. It's not leaving it till you are too old or don't have enough money to complete or not enough time to do. It's about the process of living into it. And I love that idea of redefining success. Mm-hmm. What is that thing that makes you the most proud or you think will make you the most proud? And then how do you go about pursuing it? Um, and, and, and building it, using it as a building block in your business as well. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's very important to be with my son, to watch him grow. So that's why I quit the federal government. Because otherwise, I, I left home at six o'clock in the morning, came back six o'clock at night. I, I, I'm not sure if I saw his first steps or the first time that he, that he said a word because I was a babysitter who had him. Mm-hmm. And that was not okay with me. And I was really strong about that. But now building a business, sometimes we try, we say, no, I'm not doing the corporate work anymore, but we have the same habits. Mm-hmm. So I can be like so focused in my business. I'm still not present for my son, right? Mm-hmm. He's yeah. in university now, but, and I'm so happy, so proud that I've had time to watch him grow, to be there with him. Mm-hmm. So if I did a, a business model for myself, my idea of success would always be like I'm I'm super big on boundaries and I do not answer the phone or text after a certain time every day because it's my family time. Mm-hmm. I block off weekends because it's family time mm-hmm. and that's part of my idea of success. Oh, I love that. Um, for me, it has been shifting my thinking to through the lens. I now look at everything through the lens of family first. Yes. Um, so uh, you know, again, same thing. I just took my kids on an epic two, two week, t- 12 day journey, which is a whole other podcast. Um, <laughs> and I did not work during that time. I was focused but- on just being present with them. And I mean, present in all ways, not just in the same room, but emotionally present, intellectually present, spiritually present with my children. There were some very rich conversations with my youngest son that happened on this drive about the greatest things in life because he's, you know, at the time of this recording, he's 13 and he's just trying to figure out how he fits with all kinds of things. And, you know, with my oldest son, um, showing him some things that he's never seen in life. And he loves to travel. And of course, in the last few years, haven't been able to do that with COVID. And so just, just enjoying the joy of it, having a lot of laughs, um, you know, stopping the car in random places because we all just wanted to hop out for a second and being that present for me, that gift of that time is something that I will always be really proud of that I created and grateful for that. I was able to do that because again, I think at the end of my life, what do I want? I want my children to remember me. I want them to remember being with me. Mm-hmm. I want them to remember the funny things I said or the random arguments we got into that ended up in laughter. I want them to remember me enjoying them. I want them to remember that I was there in all aspects of their lives. And that for me is a huge part of my own legacy and what I build into. So once I shifted to that thinking, it became easier to say no to things, to not be working in the evening or during family time. Like I literally was like, okay. It also meant that I had to restructure how I do things. And Mm -hmm. in my case, being a special needs mom, there's lots of doctor's appointments, which means I have to plan for things to take a longer time than it might take for other people because Mm -hmm. I have less time to devote to making them happen because I choose to be with my family first and it's a choice that all came up too when we were doing my, uh, my chart. And you talked a lot about that and, and how I like to have fun and I need more fun in my life. Amen. I need lots more fun in my life. And that was something I'd been saying for a while and having that validated for me was so important. Mm -hmm. Um, and being able to see that and to see that redefining success that way. So now in times I redefine my success that I have the time to Mm -hmm. be with my children, to be the mom I actually really want to be, that I redefine things that way. And 
that to me is such a gift. So I love what you said, that you redefine things and now you put into place boundaries around that. And redefining that success is so important because it does not have to be, as you said, the amount of dollars that are in your bank account. Now, that's all good. And, you know, we all need money to pay the bills and put food on the table and all that stuff. It's the energy that we give to money. Correct. Tell us a little more about that. So, so what is energy? What is money for you? What does it enable you to do? Freedom, right? Or um, discovery. It's independence, right? So, so there's, there's an attachment to money. And most of, especially as women, we have a negative attachment to money. And as a spiritual entrepreneur, (laughs) that's a whole other can of worms, because Spiritual people are not supposed to like money. Spiritual people are supposed to be poor. Mm. But I'm sorry, but I have mortgage to pay. Mm-hmm. And I like to eat. I like to do groceries once in a while. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? a good you like that chocolate and that lovely wine. <laughs> you know, it's an mm. indulgence once in a while. It's a treat, but, you know, it's really nice. So th- there's a whole baggage around money that needs to be unpacked. And we need to talk about it and the energies the significance we give to money. And once we have that redesign, and once you allow yourself to step out of a victim mentality, because we're often a victim of money, not enough, there's never enough, that money doesn't come to me easily. And we're angry with money because it's not there doesn't show up on time. But once we dig into that and say, well, it's really because money is freedom for me. But I'm hiding, I'm not giving myself permission to be free. And therefore money is not coming to me because I'm not, I'm not accepting freedom. Does that wow. make sense? That's very profound and confusing all at the same time. <laughs> right. But it's a deep inner work and that's what I do. So we need to unpack things and it's going to be different for everyone. And, and if we come back to looking at your astrology chart, the natal chart that, that you've referenced, Every person is going to see that differently. And I get clues when I look at the natal chart Mm -hmm. about what a person's legacy would be or what the relationship with money would be when I look at the second house and the 10th house. I know it doesn't, you know, (laughs) that's like mumbo jumbo out there, but, but it's there. So because I know the charts talk to me, then I can translate that for you and you can use all of this. Because your natal chart is like your star map. You were born as a soul. You chose to come on earth and be incarnated at a very specific time in a very specific space because it was in resonance with who you are as a soul. Hmm. So when you look at the natal chart, this is your soul speaking to you. And once you know that language and you can decode it, then you say, well, if I want to live in alignment with my soul, then I can take this step and that step, make this choice and that choice, and then I'll feel a whole lot better. And I will be able to live into my legacy with a lot more ease and flow. Well, those are all amazing words that I certainly love. Um, So let's talk a little bit about alignment. Um, Mm -hmm. Again, when we do the things that we're told we should, right, that we we should live this life, we should have the house and the white picket fence and the car and the 2.5 kids, how one gets 0.5 of a kid, I'm not really (laughs) sure. But, you know, those are the statistics that are out there. Um, you know, all that kind of stuff. And we, we buy into that because we don't have a frame of reference that shares with us that there are other things, or as you talked about earlier, being in a particular community, maybe other things are frowned upon and you are told that they are bad and that you should not do them. You should not look at these things. You should not live this kind of life. And, and lots of people have stories of, of feeling like they were on the outside of the should, um, Mm -hmm. When we look at all that, how we feel often very disjointed, discombobulated, Mm -hmm. if you will, that um, everything in life is so fragmented and you're constantly running between one piece of life and the next piece of life and the next piece of life and trying somehow to thread it all together and hold it together. How can somebody who maybe has heard this and is now thinking, well, when I am close to the end of my life, what were the things that made me the most proud? They make you feel happy and joyful and peaceful. How do I now bring my life into alignment 
to allow those things to happen? What, what kind of advice might you give for that? Take a nice deep breath (laughs) because you'll need that breath because it's hard, honestly. Mm -hmm. And it's hard because um, you're going to have to say no to a lot of things. You're Mm -hmm. going to have to say no um, when your mom calls three times a day and nagging at you for doing this or doing that, you're going to have to put boundaries down. Mm -hmm. So it's not difficult in theory to have a theory and say, you know, back off, get your own sandwich. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 80s commercial there. Totally. <laughs> I know that one. All right. <laughs> so it's easy in theory, but in practice, it's a lot more difficult. So um, receiving help is one of the most vulnerable things that you can do. Because especially people are building a legacy, you probably feel like you're, you have to be Wonder Woman. You mm-hmm. have to be strong. You're the strong one. You're the one holding it together. You're the glue. But who takes care of you? Mm-hmm. So we all, we, we need to be able to get help. We need to be able to have someone else who sees life differently and who is not in the mess that we are. Mm-hmm. That's for <laughs> so, sure. And the other big thing to living in alignment, one of the the best phrase that I can teach you is before you make a decision, you preface it with this. Because I love myself, I choose to mm-hmm. fill in the blank. Because I love myself, I choose to. Then you breathe into that. Mm-hmm. And then you make that choice out of love, not for shoulds. That is one of the big things that I stand for is eradicate the shoulds. Mm-hmm. We should get rid of the shoulds. I got we it. Should get rid of the shoulds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, so, you know, people say they've been shoulding themselves to death, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's such and, a strong judgmental word and so negative because it always indicates you're not doing enough. It's, you're not enough. It's, it's like taking a dagger to your own heart mm-hmm. because you're in such judgment of yourself. Like, oh, I should really be more like this. I should be more like that other person on Instagram. My business should be like another. And it's just like, oh. no, because I love myself, I choose to. Oh, that's so powerful. I love that yes. phrase, right? I choose to invest in this thing rather than. Yes. And, and the word invest rather than cost, right? Yes. I choose to invest in myself by taking yes. this course or learning this skill because this is going to help me achieve the legacy that I want to achieve. Not and even in order- that far. Not even that far. Mm. Because it makes me happy. Ooh, that's very powerful. And right? truly, the world is not very happy. To, no, as soon as you get into because it's going to help me grow this and do that and that, you're in your head. In your head. Oh, that's very powerful. And mm-hmm. a shift in thinking. Uh-huh. <laughs> I do this because I love myself, I choose to. That's a very powerful statement. Yes. Um, and it would be interesting to hear how that lands with people and how that resonates with people. I'm sure you've got some incredible stories about all that um, as well. So, speaking of stories, how about you share with me what you feel is one of your biggest successes so far? Boy, <laughs> um, personally, mm-hmm. my definition of success is to live happy every day. That's beautiful. So. Success to me is a living thing. It's a day by day thing. It, there are many things that, that I've done that I'm really proud of. Um, but the success really in my life is I'm here today. I'm alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I look younger now, closer to my 50s than I did in my 20s. I'm a lot happier now. I feel a lot lighter. I feel a lot livelier. I feel a lot more fulfilled. And to me, that is a definition of success more than anything else that I can check off a list. 
That is beautiful. Yeah. Mm. And business-wise, my greatest successes is to see my clients who were so afraid to do something or who wanted to wait, you know, waited till they're perfect, waited till they retire, waited till whenever to start something. But they start taking the next step and the next step and the next step. And then I see them and they have successful businesses. Mm-hmm. And one client in particular, she wasn't even a client. We just had a one conversation. She was a photographer. And she said, I don't want to do the serious photography thing. Like, that's not my style. And we had a whole conversation around that. Well, then what? So well, my photography is an art. Mm-hmm. And just by having a conversation, she gave herself permission to be an artist and not just a serious photographer. And her art is now in museums around the world. Wow. That's profound. And I love how you said that by, by choosing to be in alignment, you allow things to happen with ease and flow. Now, I'm going to be really honest. I have heard those words for a really long time. And I honestly scratched my head a lot. Like, what on earth does that mean? Well, it flows like a river. I'm like, but I'm in the whitewater rapids. There's no flow here. We're level five here. Give yourself. Don't let the ship sink. And so I was so confused about what that, what that actually was. What is ease and flow? And so I'm going to pose that question to you because you have brought that up a couple of times and I'm willing to bet there's a few people in our audience who are like, that sounds amazing, which I thought too. Oh, I just had this beautiful vision of like a lovely river that's quietly flowing and the sounds of the water lapping on the shores are lovely and, and the vision of the trees and it's beautiful and it smells fresh and clean and maybe there's some flowers I can smell and there might be you know, some cute little animal on the side that isn't going to kill me, but like it's visiting the water and and it's, it's drinking. And I had this, this amazing vision. But then when I looked at my life, it literally was don't let the boat sink because we're in the white water rapids and don't let anybody fall out. So (laughs) talk a little bit about what ease and flow is, what people should be looking for in their lives. When they talk about that, yes. like, what am I looking and, for in my life that is ease and, flow. ease and flow? When you have that definition of ease and flow, that everything is easy and effortless, um, you're doing yourself a disfavor because it's just like trying, like your story about meditation, that meditation should be all of this, but it's not for you mm-hmm. uh, because there's this ideal of perfection about ease and flow, but then you look at your life that there's no effing way that this is going to (laughs) happen. Nope. (laughs) And so you put ease and flow so far away in the future. And maybe I'll have ease and flow when my kids are out of the house, when I make a certain number in my bank account every month, only when and ease and flow is always further and further and further away because Mm -hmm. it's a utopic definition. So that's another definition that we need to redefine. So here's the thing that most people as spiritual teachers forget to teach about ease and flow is that ease and flow require effort. Mm. (laughs) So it's not effortless, but the ease comes with when you take that time to do your type of meditation that works well for you so that you can, your body relaxes and you have nice deep breath. And you have those, those insights. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you take action because nothing will change in your life unless you take action. So when you take action that's inspired, then synchronicities happen. Mm-hmm. And that's where the, the ease comes at is because um, you don't have to work so hard to get to the result, but you still need to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. Yep. If as a business, I, I never put out one Facebook post out there and I never told anyone that I had a business. And then I would say, well, I don't have any clients. I don't know why clients aren't finding me. Like I'm such an expert at this, but I don't have any clients. 
are you, are you making yourself visible? Are you mm-hmm. saying open for business? <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? Yep. So, so it does take effort. You need to take action. It's not just flowing on a beautiful river. There will be some instances in the river that it's going to be like that. Some other instances are going to be a level five uh, white water. (laughs) There might be some critter that might eat you. Yes. Could happen. Yes. Don't go sailing that way. For sure. (laughs) The moose is charging. (laughs) They do. They do. It's a thing. They do. Welcome to Canadian wildlife. (laughs) I know. Hey, especially during rutting season for the moose or other animals, because it's now like springtime of this as of this recording. And so there's a lot of animals that are being a little more assertive in their lives and you just don't want to be around them. Anyway, that's a whole different tangent. We just got off on there. Um, But I love that idea. Cue that CBC music. I know. Hey, (laughs) totally. Um, So I want to just sort of circle back around that idea of ease and flow. And I want to just sort of preface it in terms of when you are creating a life that is in alignment with with what you're passionate about, with what's going to make you proud. When you are striving to to stay in that space, when you're um, finding ways to restructure and redefine things so that it's livable and achievable, when we had a few deep breaths and taking some time to get out of our heads and into our bodies, uh, it's an amazing thing. And mm-hmm. I, I want to just say that because I have talked about my life feeling like I'm in the whitewater rapids. But when you're in the whitewater rapids, you're tense, you're nervous, you're maybe not as polite and kind as you would normally be. And so it's not attractive to people. So you're wondering mm-hmm. why your clients are maybe not approaching you. They're like, ooh, she's bristling with all kinds mm-hmm. of what I don't want. So that's not who I want to be around. But when you find yourself in a space where you feel calm, where you feel mostly joyful, where you feel like you can tackle the problems that show up in front of you or the 10 minutes of the whitewater rapids that you got to deal with, um, that is attractive. And mm-hmm. people are like, wow, that person, and I know it, when people are in alignment, when they speak true to who they are, that's who I want to be around. Mm -hmm. That's who I want to do business with. That's Mm -hmm. who I think is going to really spend the time to understand me, what I need so that I can move forward with the things I'm trying to move forward with. Mm -hmm. And so again, I love that you said ease does not mean effortless. Like I just... Mm -hmm. I wake up one day and the world just lines up the way it's supposed to. Ta-da! Um, yeah, no, it's not that. We definitely have to put in some effort to learn mm-hmm. things. And you've referenced that around looking at, you know, seasons where things are just flowing to you. People are showing up. Things are lining up exactly the way you hope they will. And then there are other times where it's just not doing that. And maybe we need to take a break or take a breath Mm -hmm. or take a step back or maybe take the boat to the side of the river and hop out for a little bit, Mm -hmm. stretch your legs. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Um, And then come back at it. Or maybe we need to rethink the direction we're going in. Maybe it's not lining up because it's not the right direction that we need to go in. Mm-hmm. And we need to look at what other avenues can we go down. And I love all those things. And being in that idea of ease and flow, I love that you said it's not permanent. It isn't just you're going to wake up one day and have it and it's going to be there forever. No, nope. that kind of makes me a little sad, but I get that the effort piece. <laughs> and I love that. You have to put in effort to feel that way. Yes. You have to put in effort to stay in alignment, to stay yes. in that place. You have to actively, you talked about this a lot, actively make choices that are Mm -hmm. going to continue to move you forward. And lots of times the choices are not like, this is good, this is awful. So I choose the good over the awful. Sometimes it's, they're both really good. What's just going to be the best match for me right now or to achieve what I'm trying to achieve in this moment or Mm -hmm. for my family or for my priorities, right? That I'm going to choose Mm -hmm. one over the other because of that. And it's not wrong. It's just different. Um, And I love all of that. And I love how talking to you, you are in such joy and ease and flow. And this conversation is flowing so easily. And a lot of that has to do with you and being in alignment with who you are. And I love all those things. And I'm sure that there will be people in the audience who 
you know, will resonate with that too. So how can people find you if they're looking to connect with you? On Facebook. So I'm on only two. I choose two social media. That's it. <laughs> Boundaries. So I've got Facebook and Instagram. So you can find me there at it's jazz underscore healer teacher. Mm-hmm. That's the best, the best place to, to find me and to message me as well. Because I do not publish my phone number. <laughs> Again, those boundaries that I practice, right? I, I, I do what I teach. So I don't want to answer the phone when I'm in meditation or when I'm being interviewed or <laughs> later at night. So uh, the best way to reach me is through Facebook and Instagram. Lovely. So um, we'll have all that in the show notes. So if you happen to be driving your car while you're listening to this, um, or if you're um, watching on TV and don't have a pad of paper uh, handy, we'll have it all there for you so that you can come and find it. Um, arrive alive. Don't don't be distracted when you're driving. But Jazz, I also want to just before we go talk a little bit about um, you've got a couple of workbooks on Amazon. Tell us yes, a little about that. So they are called Lunation Workbooks. And there is one per month. And these workbooks allow you to go deeper within yourself so that you get to know yourself a whole lot better based on the energy that is abundant right now. Because if you want to feel abundant, you have to work with the energy that's available abundantly around you. Mm-hmm. So this means that right now, as we're filming, uh, as we're filming this, we are in the Aries lunation. So the Aries a lunation goes from new moon to new moon. Mm-hmm. And the Aries lunation is very much about your leadership, knowing who you are. Um, are you giving your power away? How are you feeling about power? So I have in that workbook a whole lot of questions for you to answer so that you can get to know yourself. So each month you can pick up one of those books, go deep within. Though it's those deep questions that will that will give you those aha moments into what to do next. And the other part of the journal is to put action to this so that you have something that's doable and achievable within the month so that you can feel successful. I love that because, you know, what they say a dream without a plan is, well, a vision without a plan plan is just a dream. Yeah. (laughs) And you're planning to fail. So if you're wanting to create a legacy for yourself, for those around you, you're wanting to create a life that you love, you're wanting to create something that you can be really proud of in your final days. And if somebody asks you that question, you can say, you can, uh, you know, articulate that clearly. I am proud of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you do need to take action. So I love that. And of course, the links to those will be in the show notes as well, so that people can go and check that all out. Um, at once again, Jazz, it was really incredible talking to you today. I learned so many new, extraordinary things. And again, for the audience out there, if this is resonating with you, or if you've got questions, and you'd like to know some more about what Jazz does, or if you've got questions about some of the things that came up on the podcast, by all means, please reach out to Jazz and have a conversation with her. She is actually this lovely when you talk to her. I can promise (laughs) you that um, because I've had lots of conversations with her and will continue (laughs) to do so. So again, Jazz, I feel so blessed to have you here today. I am walking away from this call a better person, knowing more things. I've got some things to think about, uh, Mm -hmm. some more things that I need to be able to articulate. Uh, some more breathing to do, apparently. And um, I really appreciate the wealth of your wisdom. When people are looking to create a legacy, as I said, we don't do it alone. We need people who can support us. And Jazz is one of those people who can help you figure out your journey as you're going. So Jazz, once again, thank you so much for your time. I truly appreciate you. Thank you so much. Does the thought of follow-up give you a foul taste? Do you find yourself wondering how you can ever stand out from the crowd, but need it to be easy and convenient? With a system like Send Out Cards, you can stay in touch and top of mind with only a few keystrokes. People's inboxes might be full, but their mailboxes are empty. Reach people literally where they live, work, or play, and watch the warm fuzzies go to work for you. See the show notes for a link where you can send your first card on me.
Thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please submit a rating and review and share it with a friend. Together, we can inspire more people to start living their legacy too. And let's keep the conversation going. We would love to hear all about your journey in living your legacy and support you along the way. Join our Facebook community, Living Your Legacy Podcast, where we connect, collaborate, and celebrate each other. Can't wait to see you there.